0: Welcome to Stock Stories, episode 94. Welcome, welcome to the show. This is the Stock Stories Podcast, and my name is Alex. I am your host and your stock storyteller today. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you, the individual investor, make better investing decisions, and we do that by looking at case studies of real companies. We're going through the entire S&P 500. So thank you for joining me on this journey as we go through companies. And another side of this show is mental models. What is the philosophy behind investing? How do we improve our thought processes so that we actually do make better decisions? It's not just about studying examples, but it also helps to look at the academic side And to look at psychology as well, because psychology is such a key part in how we make investing decisions and really just make decisions in general, right? All right. So this week's episode is going to be a mental model. Uh, We went through a couple companies recently. We had a couple interviews and yeah, let's get back into the mental model. It's been a while since we had one, right? So let's talk about the mental model of churn All right, so churn is the idea that there is a continuous loss of resources that must be replenished in order to maintain growth. So, effectively, you can't perpetually succeed by standing still. Because we live in a dynamic world with ever-changing variables. So if you're just trying to maintain something, you have to put more into it than zero, zero effort, right? And this applies to a lot of aspects of life. Uh, it's just kind of like a general principle if you think about it, like philosophically. If you're going to like maintain, just think about your general life. If you set up your life, you say you have a place to live, you go to the grocery store and you buy food for yourself and you clean your home, you do your laundry, those kinds of things, say you do all of that and it takes you a week to set up your household and you know you have a fridge full of food, you have clothes uh, that are clean, you have a clean home and you're just enjoying your home. Well, that's fine. And you're going to enjoy it for a while. If you're hungry, you'll go to the fridge and you'll cook a meal. If you need to go outside, you'll go to your closet, put on some clothes, and then you'll be clean, cleanly dressed, and you'll go outside. If you want to have guests over to your house, you're not worried because your home is already clean, and you'll say, yeah, come on over. And then you can enjoy the home together because it's functional. Well, this may work for a while, but... If you literally just do nothing, slowly but surely, things will move more and more into a state of chaos, right? You'll gradually use up resources. You'll use up the food in the fridge. The fridge will eventually become empty. Or if you don't eat some of the food, it'll gradually become rotted and it'll start to smell. If you don't do laundry with your clothes, there'll be smelly clothes that will pile up all over the place. If you don't keep your home clean, then dust and dirt will get everywhere. You may have bugs. You may have cobwebs. It may become a very nasty situation. Maybe you accumulate clutter over time, and and then you just don't have as much functional space with which to enjoy your home. And at first, these things aren't really such a big deal. It's kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, I do know I need to do laundry. I do know I need to mop the floors or I need to go grocery shopping, but over time, these things add up and they accumulate into contributing to the state of absolute chaos. I mean, I'm not going to lie, like I've been there myself, like (laughs) there's been times where my home or the place I'm living is absolute chaos. Now, thankfully that hasn't really happened much recently, but definitely in the past, I'm guilty of that. And that's because i didn't put in the work to maintain the environment and you have this idea of churn like you're you're constantly losing resources in a given situation just by standing still and doing nothing so just to maintain you have to put in effort so in our lives we have to maintain ourselves in many different ways you know we brush our teeth every single day we put on clean clothes every single day those kinds of things maintain a certain level of basic lifestyle that that we want right now let's apply this to a different situation so let's look at biology so think about a plant or let's say there's a tree so trees need constant water and soil nutrients in order to grow If you were to plant a tree and water it once, what would happen? The roots would soak up the water. It would move up through the system of the the tree, of the roots and the trunk, and through the branches and the leaves, and it would replenish all of the leaves, and it would be satisfied for a while. But then if you don't water it again, it's just going to soak up every last bit of moisture that it can from the soil, and then it's going to start dying. Because it needs that water to continue growing, or really, in fact, just to stay alive. Uh, so there's that idea of churn in nature. If, it's, if something is just using up energy, uh, there's no replenishing that energy, then it will eventually die. Now let's take this into more the financial world. So think about different industries. Churn, in this respect, more so refers to the loss of customers. If you lose customers on a regular basis, then you're going to have to replenish them just to stay even with where you were at in business beforehand. And this is something that is common in the insurance industry. So think about your insurance company. Maybe you have Geico, maybe you have Progressive, maybe you have eSurance, whatever. Maybe you have a variety of different companies. Now, in order to switch from one company to another, what would have to happen, right? Maybe you see an ad for Geico with that funny gecko talking about how low Geico's insurance rates are. Maybe you see a progressive commercial with that lady flow, you know, talking about how low progressives rates are. Well, think about this. All the advertising in the insurance industry, it focuses so much on price because insurance it's not quite a commodity product, but it's it's very close to a commodity product. You can customize and tailor it based on certain situations, and there are definitely varying levels of service within the insurance industry. And I don't know much more deeply than that in industry-wise, so I that's all I'll say about that. But I just know as a customer, that's what I've observed, is that it's not completely a commodity-like product that you're purchasing from them. But it kind of is. It almost is. People will switch. And in fact, uh, my own family has switched insurance companies before, mainly because of price and trying to get the same coverage for less dollars, same covers, less dollars, or same dollars, more coverage, that kind of a thing. So these companies, they will experience a certain amount of churn. They'll lose customers every single year. And when people at an insurance company are doing different models to understand what the profit and loss of the business is going to be, remember that insurance companies, they make money off of the float. The float is the premiums that you pay them that they haven't paid out in claims yet because there's a time lag between when you pay them the premium and when they need to pay out a claim or an equivalent claim. So they have this float sitting there and they invest it They'll invest in bonds. They'll invest in a bunch of different fixed income securities and generate money. And that's how the insurance company makes money. But think about this. they, In their models, they have to account for the fact that every month or every year, they're losing X percent of customers, right? Because if they just stand still, they're going to lose market share because all these other companies are coming in and trying to convince their customers to move over to their side to move over to their product so you have this constant tension in the marketplace because of competition and fighting for market share so churn in this sense is standing still you're going to lose your competitive position you're going to lose people you're going to lose your customers now this also applies to other industries too way back I think it was a couple dozen episodes ago, AT&T, we talked about AT&T, and I talked about customer churn then. The customer churn for that business, it's only around 1%, which is really, really good. That means around 99% of AT&T's customers, from one year to the next, they're staying with AT&T. Now, why is that? I think there's probably a lot of factors involved with that, and probably a lot of different mental models are at play there. I think the most obvious thing to observe is that there really aren't many viable competitors in that space. And that's kind of an example of AT&T's competitive advantage. If you didn't want to go to AT&T, there are really just a couple other major phone companies that you could go to. Now that's starting to change. Now you have a couple smaller upstart like options coming out as far as phone service is concerned, but I mean, if you want to bundle services or anything like that, like AT&T and Verizon and Xfinity, like there's a really only a, a handful of companies within the industry that you could actually go to. And so that's an example of competitive advantage. And therefore, AT&T's churn is only about 1%. So yeah, they're worried about replacing customers just like any other company, but if at and t raised your rates on your bill and you called them to negotiate it and said, "Well, come on, can you put it back to the promotional rate? Uh, you know I've been a loyal customer yada 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 and maybe they'll do it, but you know what maybe they won't because they probably don't care that much because they're they're not as concerned about customer retention and acquisition as another, say another industry that's a lot more fickle. I'll just say, here. here's an example. So think about the restaurant industry. Oh my gosh, it's so fragmented. There, There's restaurants everywhere and every restaurant is trying to sell you something different. And there's so much competition. Um, and not just between other restaurants, but between the grocery stores, because what if you don't want to eat out? Maybe you just cook a meal at home. So the competition for customers is in some sense, a lot more fierce. So the churn on a restaurant is way, way higher than the churn on a business like an AT&T or some other type of utility type of business or a business with that kind of a moat. So if you and I owned a restaurant together, we would have to think very carefully about how to retain our customers and how to keep them coming back over and over and over again because even if they just even if they did like the food, that wouldn't be enough because we're competing with different cuisines we're competing with so many other options within that space so that's why the like the restaurant industry is cutthroat like there are restaurants that that rise and fall within a year in in many local neighborhoods and you know that's just how it happens so that's one of the reasons why I think it's so extraordinary that McDonald's has managed to survive and thrive as long as it has is because they have constantly reinvented themselves in order to stay relevant in communities throughout the world. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself on that, but here's another example of churn. So I was thinking about Disney. So Disney right now, surely at this moment, uh, so they just released the Disney plus service and Disney stock actually shot up a lot because of that. So Disney is definitely factoring into their models right now, customer churn, because a lot of people are curious about Disney plus. And so they're subscribing, they're signing up, but a lot of people are going to fall off because they're going to cancel their, whatever it is, seven day free trials because they're just curious and they want to check it out. It's a new service. Maybe they want to see one particular show and then, you know, they don't want to pay for it anymore, but Obviously, a lot of people will continue to have the service and pay for it monthly or annually and then add to Disney's revenues that way. But when Disney is modeling this this service and trying to understand how much revenue and profit they're going to generate from this new streaming service, I am sure that they are modeling in the amount of churn that they're going to have in their customer base. Um, they, They ultimately want to increase their market share. They don't want people to leave. So they're going to make the streaming service as attractive as possible. They're going to make it at an attractive price point comparable to other top streaming services such as Netflix, Hulu, HBO, etc. And yeah, they're going to try to like really solidify that competitive advantage for them in that way. So churn is really important. Now, other than just company specific examples or industry examples, I was also thinking about, okay, how does churn apply within you and I's own portfolio, because as far as portfolio management goes, that's something to keep in mind. So, so think about a portfolio. Let's, let's think about your portfolio. You have some stocks in there. Now, if you just left it alone, there are a variety of things that could happen with the companies you own and the shares that you own. Um, number one, the companies or stocks that you own could just continue to grow and things will work out great. Okay, well, that's awesome. Those those are the things that you want to have. That's the thing that you want to happen, right? You want capital appreciation, you want dividends, etc. So that's option number one. Number two is that your stock goes down to zero and your company goes bankrupt. Maybe there's a bankruptcy because of an accounting scandal. Maybe the company just, their competitive advantage gets removed overnight because of technology. You know, these are things that actually do happen, so uh, this is something to keep in mind. Now, if something like that happens, what's the result? Well, the result is that you have no more money. <laughs> you lose out because your company went bankrupt and your stock is gone. Now, another option is your company can get bought out or it can merge. Now, this usually will lead to cash payment. So, uh, say, if you were a shareholder right now, uh, for example, of Tiffany & Company, you'd be expecting a cash payment sometime within 2020 because they're being in the process of being bought out by Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy. So LVMH is buying them out. And so you would just have cash sitting in your account. Well, now think about this. If you are a shareholder and all of a sudden you wake up one day, you check your broker's statement, and now instead of some shares of Tiffany, you just have a bunch of cash there. Well, what are you going to do with that? Now you have to make a decision, right? Either you let that cash sit there or you put it into a new investment right away, or you can take that money out, spend it, whatever. But the point is that if you're just passive with your portfolio in this sense, you're going to have quote unquote churn in your own portfolio because things are not going to stay the same. Companies are being bought and sold all the time and when you have mergers or acquisitions, sometimes your company gets bought out, which usually will work out pretty nice for you because usually there's a premium to the prevailing market price that's involved with that. So, and here's just another example. Say you have a stock sitting in your portfolio and it didn't pay dividends before, but uh, let's say, for example, you own Berkshire Hathaway. So Berkshire Hathaway, as of this recording, it does not pay dividends. But many, many analysts, many portfolio managers, many people expect that eventually Berkshire Hathaway will have to just start paying dividends because it makes so much money and it's sitting on so much cash. Well, if and when that day comes, people who own Berkshire Hathaway shares will start receiving extra deposits in their account. Um, And they're going to have to figure out what to do with that, right? So that's another example of A situation where if you just do nothing the situation changes and in this case it's not a loss of cash like the like the churn example with an industry or a company but it's the addition of cash you know if you do nothing you have to make another decision another example is the opposite if a company you own stops paying dividends let's say that you owned (laughs) a General Electric and they slash their dividend or you own a company like oh, what's another example? Like uh, I think Royal Dutch Shell also slashes dividend. There's a there's a couple of different really large companies that have slashed their dividends in recent years, and so if you owned one of those companies and they slashed their dividend, well, all of a sudden you don't have cash coming in, and also the share price probably went down too because there's no dividend supporting that share price, so now you're probably losing money and you have to make a decision too now maybe you choose to do nothing but you you might have a company that goes bankrupt or you might have something that goes to zero as well it just depends on the situation but that's a lot more nuance we won't get into that but my whole point with this is that even in quote-unquote buy and hold situations or quote-unquote buy and hold portfolios there are many variations on what can happen based on your decision-making from these factors, right? If companies merge, if they start paying dividends, if they stop paying dividends, if they go bankrupt, all of these things will affect the cash position within your portfolio and they'll affect the capital gains or losses that you incur as a result. So you you will naturally have churn within a portfolio. Think about, for example, the S&P 500 index. The S&P 500 index 10 years ago looks Somewhat similar, but is somewhat different than it did 10 years ago. And that's a result of companies growing. That's a result of younger companies getting larger. It's a result of mergers and acquisitions and buyouts and spinoffs and all of these things combined make up a different index. So you have a completely different set of companies at different weightings over time than you had before. And that is churn. Right now, not all churn is bad. Right now, you have some really fast-growing companies in the index now that are contributing to, say, if you own an S and P 500 index fund, they're contributing to your returns right now in a big way because they've been growing and and pushing the index up. But you've also had those companies that have fallen off of the index that are the companies that everyone forgets about, the companies that have kind of fallen from grace, and they are no longer contributing to the returns of the index, and in fact. Decrease those returns. So these are things that contribute to churn. It's a dynamic world. When we're investing, we're investing in a dynamic environment, not just in our own portfolio as a whole, but also individual companies are facing their own churn with regards to the customers that they're trying to keep, with regards to their market share. So it's this ever changing, interconnected web of dynamic relationships that we have to be aware of as investors and just in life in general in order to for us to recognize that the world does not stand still and we have to be intentional with our energy with our capital with our time in order to simply maintain simply maintain our position so that's a thought i want to leave you with today so that is the mental model of churn Thank you so much for listening to the stock stories podcast. Again, my name is Alex. I am your host. I am your stock storyteller. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you tuning in every week for those of you who tune in every week and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast, I would suggest you consider it because this is what I'm bringing to you every week. I'm bringing mental models. I'm bringing case studies and yeah. Yeah. So if you want to reach out to me, reach out via, uh, let's say, if you like Instagram, send me a direct message. I am at Alex, oh, not at Alex. <laughs> I am at stockstories1 on Instagram. So stockstories and the number one. Now, if you were to email me, that's where I'm at, at Alex at com. So I look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you next week.